Translation, the demigods prayed to Brahma, Please look upon us mercifully, for we have fallen into a miserable condition. Because of the darkness, all our work has been suspended. Please repeat, the demigods prayed to Brahma, Please look upon us mercifully, for we have fallen into a miserable condition. Because of the darkness, all our work has been suspended. Purport, because of complete darkness throughout the universe, because of complete darkness throughout the universe, the regular activities and engagements of all the different planets were suspended. In the north and south poles of this planet, there are sometimes no divisions of day and night. Similarly, when the sunlight does not approach the different planets within the universe, there is no distinction between day and night. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Tetanya Mano Vishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Svapadandikam Pandeham Shri Guru Shri Uttaparakamalam Shri Gurum Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatham Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Sabadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakam Vitam Scha E Krishna Puruna Sindhu Dinabandha Jagatpate Bopesha Bhavika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tatakam Chanagorangi Radhe Vrindavanishvare Vishabhanu Suti Devi Panamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Turugyasya Kripa Sindhu Nyevacha Patitanam Bhavanevyo Vaishnavivyo Namodamaha Jayasi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasari Gauravakta Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Happy Sunday morning. There was a song called It's Easy, Easy Like Sunday Mornings. 
like, uh, it's kind of relaxing, you know, it's a Sunday festival, it's the, on one hand it's the end of the week, on the other hand it's the beginning of the week, depending on how you, but it's always like a culmination of, like, I remember the first Sunday feast gear time I went to, it was like blasting off into outer space, I'd come to the temple on a Wednesday, and, uh, I told you, mentioned this before, but it was, it was a Sunday feast, but I came and Rameshwar Prabhu uh, was giving some very powerful classes. He was visiting San Diego and it culminated in this Sunday feast and the kirtan, I was flying, <laughs> jumping up in the air, just like, I'm flying. And that, so Sunday festival was always, in the, you know, prasadam, um, I mean, Prashana was good all week long, but especially Sunday feast was where you really went for it. sweet rice. We used to, we used to take milk gallon jugs, uh, milk cartons, and we'd cut them open and you'd fill it up with sweet rice and you'd become intoxicated on sweet rice. And it was, uh, it was like a reward for a, a hard work of, or a hard week of work and devotional service to relish. Kirtan, Prashan. So. Um, there's an expression that says, as above, so below. And on one level, this whole cosmic manifestation is considered to be the body of the Lord, um, the universal form. And Brahma is representative of the jiva. Just like in our body, we have the jiva soul and the super soul. So then the cosmic body of the universe, um, Brahma is like the jiva. And ultimately it's Krishna's form, it's Krishna's body on the grand scale, but also on a microcosmic level. Our body, it belongs to Krishna. We're just inhabiting Krishna's body. And uh, Rishikesh, he's the master of the senses. So this pastime, where this darkness has enveloped the universe, the cosmic form of the Lord, it's analogous to the darkness that encompasses us when we transgress religious principles. And that was the the very onset of this darkness that we're reading about is because of Diti's transgression of religious principles, being overtaken by lusty desires and then her husband's succumbing because of his attachment to his wife. So that transgression, now the manifestation is this inauspicious pregnancy, demoniac personalities taking birth and, and enveloping the universe in this darkness. So it's the same principle in our own lives. Uh, Bhagavatam is teaching important lessons through these stories because generally speaking, because of our false ego, it's hard for us to take direct instruction. But when we hear a story about, you could say, a re uh, it's, it's one step removed. It's not directly telling us you are, you know, contaminated. But 
through these stories, and the same thing goes with the, uh, was it Maharaj, I can't remember how you say his name, Prabhishin, how do you say his name, that, um, Parshi Brinner, yeah, yeah, that's a tongue twister. He was very attached, and Narada Muni was preaching to him, but he gave him this story of Paranjana, an analogy or an allegory about the city of nine gates, and then there was this King Paranjana and how he became attached. So he couldn't hear directly, but he got the point. Narada Muni could understand that I can't tell him directly that he's an illusion, so I'm going to tell him a story about this king and so on. So the Bhagavatam is filled with all these stories about, um, you know, for Sukadeva Goswami has extracted the most important histories in the universe that give us very, very important lessons. So this um, enveloping of darkness of the universe again is is uh, is helping us understand what happens to us if we transgress religious principles that our consciousness becomes covered now darkness we'll, we'll try to stimulate some thought here Chaitanya Leela what is darkness it's not a trick story trick question Ignorance. Okay, it's, there's no wrong, wrong answer. Ignorance. Anyone else? What is darkness? Absence of light. Absence of light. Absence of Krishna consciousness. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. The darkness isn't an element. Like you can't bring some darkness into the room. It's just the absence of light. So. This is the, the principle of irreligion. Is, is there's an example, is it Lord Brahman or is it the universal form where irreligion is considered the backside of the Lord or something? So it's simply this turning away from Krishna and then there's a shadow. As long as you're facing the sun, there's no shadow. As soon as you turn away, then there's a shadow. So darkness is, is simply the covering ignorance of turning away from Krishna. So in, in practical terms, it means not following Krishna's instructions or desires. And the previous verse in Anantadeva Prabhu read about the, the Vedic literatures or the, um, you know, transgressing the Vedic literatures is, um, what was it, how did it go? laws of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And um, the laws are really for, you could say in one sense, criminals. Good law-abiding law citizens are free, you know, to move about. They voluntarily accept um, restrictions, um, but the, what do they call it, an outlaw, a, a, a criminal is an outlaw. He's outside the law. He's thinks they're independent. They're un, they're not under any control. But uh, a law-abiding citizen 
embraces the laws because it actually enables one to move freely within society. If, if you don't follow the laws, then it's just chaos, it's anarchy. We always talk about the, the laws of the road. They're not restrictions. They're to enable the freedom of movement because if there weren't those restrictions or those laws, it would, would be people would be driving all over, just like in India. <laughs> so, uh, and and Krishna says uh, one who follows these regulative principles of freedom can achieve the complete mercy of the Lord. So here. Um, the demigods are praying, look upon us mercifully. There's a, there's a section, I can't, I couldn't find it, but it's, it's in the Bhagavatam in a purport where Prabhupada talks about the, the mercy of the Lord is especially manifest in his glance. And the idea of darshan is not so much that we're seeing the Lord, but that the Lord is seeing us to bless us with his glance. And that's, the idea of coming to the temple is, is that because we need to be purified by the glance of the Lord. And there's a prayer of Narottam Dastakur when he, he appeals to Lord Nityananda. He says, Ha ha, Prabhu Nityananda, Premananda Suki, Kripa Bolo Kana Koro Amiboro Duki. He says, My dear Lord Nityananda, you're always joyful in spiritual bliss. Because you're always joyful, I'm approaching you because I'm very unhappy. And if you please put your glance upon me, then I may also become happy. Is that that merciful glance, it purifies us, the Lord's glance. And um, just like they say, the eye or the face is the index of the mind and the eyes are the gateway to the soul. You know, when you see and you look at pictures of like Prabhupada, his eyes are just like the depth of his eyes, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And even on an ordinary level, people, even just the way this body is constituted and, you know, how we can communicate so much through our glance. And that glance of mercy may come in the form of a stern glance. If someone is misbehaving, a parent, if a child is misbehaving, the, the, the parent may look sternly. And that's also mercy. And we can get an experience when, our, when we come before the deities, we come before Prabhupada, if our consciousness is uh, not so sublime, we get almost like this stern look sometimes from, from the Lord Prabhupada. It's like, you know, I know I'm, I'm off. And that merciful glance of maybe almost like a concern, like, what are you doing? Like, you have this opportunity you know, why are you squandering it? But then when we're in better consciousness, we come before the Lord, just that beaming smile and beauty. So in both ways, it's mercy um, to, to keep us, uh, to encourage us or push us back on track if, we, if we're getting off. So it's very important. And to have the uh, to, to have the glance of the devotees. You know, when we come into the association of devotees, it's just like turning the lights on. So this darkness, this principle of darkness, um, Krishna talks about um, there's a light switch in the heart that he says, Te kampartam jamtamaha nasha yam yam 
there's a lamp, a deep, a deep so a deep, deepa means lamp, light, lamp, lamp. Jnana deepena, bhashvata, there's a glowing, a glowing, glowing a lamp of knowledge in the heart. And Krishna says that out of compassion, to show them special mercy, I dwelling in the heart, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge, the darkness born of ignorance. So the, the development of transcendental knowledge is not an accumulation of theoretical philosophy, but it's simply the light switch being turned on. Just like if you're in the dark, it's not a question of like just trying to grope around, you know, navigate, you know, try to move within the darkness. You know, I just got to figure out how to do that. It's just, no, just turn the light on. Then you can see how to move in a, in a room. So our, our, the process of devotional service, it's not so much that we're, you know, groping around with our limited mind and senses and intellect, trying to navigate this complicated labyrinth of material existence. It's just by surrendering to Krishna, the light turns on. And we can see very clearly what needs to be done, what not, what, what to avoid. So it's all, um, it's very simple. Um, but, and, and knowledge really, really is, an, is synonymous with consciousness, just like we say sat-chit-ananda, the soul is full of, is eternal, full of knowledge, full of bliss. And knowledge is chit, which also means consciousness. So to be in knowledge really means just to be conscious. It's not, again, it's not, it's not a exercise of the intellect that we're trying to learn um, theory and then when I figured the theory out, I have knowledge. It's just a question of having our consciousness awakened. And we were, when we were out on the campus, we were talking about how, um, because the opposite of, of uh, knowledge, ignorance, is manifest in, in arrogance. In, in, the, in the 16th chapter in Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna talks about the the uh, the lower modes of nature, passion, ignorance, they breed arrogance, uh, stubbornness, um, pride. Um, there's a difference between pride and arrogance. But, um, where was I going with that? Um, anyway, knowledge and consciousness is... Uh, and then, and when we're awakened to, to our tininess of our existence, this is knowledge, the humble and vidyavanaya sampane, ramane gavahashani, the humble sages see with equal vision a learned and gentle brahmana. Brahmanas are the emblem of goodness. So vidya vinaya, vidya means knowledge and vinaya means gentleness, humility. And just like Prabhupada said, what is, who is a devotee? How do we understand who to worry? There'd be a perfect lady or gentleman. It's just the word gentleman, a gentle per a gentle person. You know, to be mild, mridu is, I think that's the word, isn't it? Mridu? Mild, or the 26 qualities of the bodies, they're mild. Respectful. So these are all indicative of someone is in an enlightened state or a conscious state, aware of their 
tininess, the one ten thousandth, the tip of the hair, you know, the size of the soul. Prabhupada's talking about, you know, in one little square inch, there are literally millions, if not billions, of microbes, germs. And within all of them is a jiva soul. So, pretty small scale perspective of, you know, who we, who we are. So, to be conscious of that, to be aware of one's tininess, this is indicative of... of an awakened state, a, a, a one who is in knowledge. So therefore, the learned and gentle Brahman, they're humble. They're just honest. They just recognize, they're aware of who they are. They're just very, very tiny. And Krishna is so great and so vast. And Krishna has expanded himself in so many different ways, just like, um, uh, let me see, let me look at some of my notes here. Oh, here's something I wanted to bring out, is that this darkness, um, there's a line in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, text 62, it's a very famous verse, but Prabhupada brings it out in a way that I hadn't thought about in the, in the Nectar of Instruction. Um, there's a dividing line between the spiritual and material world based on desire. There was an old picture in the Macmillan edition of the Gita where it shows that the spiritual world, and then the upside-down reflection, the banyan tree, and so on, and, it's, and it rests on desire. So Prabhupada was talking about desire is created by association. And he quotes a line in, in chapter 2, text 62, uh, Sangat Sanjayate Kama. Now the verse is talking about when you contemplate the object of the senses, attachment develops from attachment, lust, Material desire develops. Frustrated lust, anger, delusion, bewilderment of memory, and then you lose your intelligence. But that line Prabhupada brought out, Sangat Sanjayate Kama, by one's association you develop desire. And our association with the modes of material nature, or people who are enveloped in a particular mode of nature, will influence our desires. And our desires dictate uh, the faith that we develop. Because Krishna is responding, says, as you surrender unto me, I reward you accordingly. In the Ishopanishad, there's a line that was describing Krishna as the self-sufficient philosopher who's been fulfilling everyone's desires since time immemorial. Krishna never interferes with our desires. And he fulfills our desires um, and gives us faith based on our desires. And he describes in the seventh chapter, I'm in the, I'm in the heart as the super soul. As soon as someone develop, uh, desires to worship a demigod, I make their faith steady so they can devote themselves to that particular deity. So that, that works on, on any level, whatever our desire. Our association, we develop a certain desire, then we develop faith. Uh, Krishna gives us faith um, to devote ourselves, to, to, to fulfill our desire, so we can work it out of our system, even if it's a material desire. Krishna will give us the, uh, the impetus as a super soul. Um, 
to fulfill those desires, and then when we're frustrated, then we learn our lesson. Because we can't go back to Godhead if we're not materially exhausted. We have to be done with, with uh, our material desires. Um, let's see here. It's always a choice, and that, that free will, that power of free will that Krishna, because Krishna is independent, and then we're part and parcel of Krishna, so we have a small quantity of that um, independence, that, that choice to either choose to serve Krishna or not. Or not. It's always, you know, it, it, it's in our hands, the choice, and it's just a question of, uh, where will we? We're, we're constitutionally a servant of Krishna, and it's just a, it's a question of do we choose to serve Krishna favorably or choose to serve Krishna unfavorably? But in either way, we're a servant of Krishna. And Prabhupada gives the example of a the government: you follow the laws, you're a free citizen, or if you don't follow the laws, you're still under the control of the government, and you're put in prison. So the prison of material existence. We're still servants of Krishna, but we're involuntarily serving him and suffering as a result. So um, it really the choice is ours to make. You know, do we take shelter of Krishna? And then uh, Krishna says, Mahatmanas to Mamparta, Daivin Prakri to Mashita, that the great souls, they take shelter of the internal potency, the spiritual potency. And they're uh, characterized by Jantyananyamanaso, they're they're always their minds are always thinking of me, and uh, and they're therefore they're protected. They're under Krishna's uh, personal protection as opposed to under his the penal system of the material world, indirectly under Krishna's protection. But still, even in the prison, they provide him with meals. There's, you know, they give him some clothes. You know, they're still being taken care of, but they're their movement is restricted, and uh, their liberties are uh, curtailed. So, all right. Well, does anyone have a comment or a question or a reflection of any sort? I like that darkness is turning away from the light. That shadow that just turning your back light that actually it's a conscious choice. And that's, uh, my Guru Maharaj was saying, how empowering it is to tell someone that the reason you're in the situation you're in is because of the choices you've made. It, we're, we're, not, we're not victims of circumstances outside of our control. And just like it may appear that way, but like if you jump out a window, then the law of gravity starts acting on you immediately. So you could say, I'm a victim. It's out of my control. The law of gravity is pulling me down. No, you jumped out of the window. You made the choice to jump out the window. So we made the choice to jump out of the spiritual world. You know, we jumped out the window into the material world and then then we're caught in the laws of material nature. So it seems like it, it's out of our control. But we made the choice. And if we just simply, through good association, 
have our desires um, purified by the merciful glance of the Lord and His devotees, um, then we can, you know, initiate a change in our whole existence. It's all based on our desire, and that desire rests on good association and learning how to appropriately associate with, um, especially the devotees of the Lord, who are, for the Madhyamadhikari, the middle class devotee, they see all Vaishnavas as representatives of the Supreme Lord. The neophyte devotee only sees the Guru as a representative of the Lord, or the deity. So the Madhyama platform, they say all Vaishnavas are representatives of the Lord. And therefore we say Prabhu. And Prabhupada said this Prabhu should not just be from the lips. It's like, Prabhu. We just say it from the lips, but it's from the heart that, that what does it mean to address one another as Prabhu? Is that I'm your servant. And depending on the level of advancement, we serve in different ways. If they're junior, we give them help. If they're peers, we make friendships. If they're more senior, then we hear from and we render menial service. But we're always a servant, regardless of the relationship, junior, peer, or senior, but we're always a servant. How that, servant, how that service is manifest depends on the relationship. But they're always Prabhu. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta saw his disciples as representatives of his guru. And his service was to train them. And my Guru Maharaj was saying, a parent never thinks they're better than their kid. They just need to be trained. And the parent wants to see the, the child excel whatever they've done in life. So this is the, the mood of of, of wanting to uplift others so that they can uh, bless us. I told this before, like whenever you, when somebody wins an award, you know, like a Grammy or Oscars or something, sometimes they say, I owe it all to my, you know, my seventh grade drama teacher. You know, they, when, when everybody else told me to quit, this teacher told me to, you know, go for your dreams or something, you know, and if it wasn't for that, Encouragement. I never would be where I am now. So, if we're if we're uh, in, instrumental in helping uplift a living entity to uh, higher a higher status, you know, or a higher level of advancement than we are, that's great because then we'll get their their blessings. Yes, Prabhu. So a little intimidating because Krishna says in the 16th chapter, or the boundaries, hundreds of thousands of desires, and they've been in this material world, conditioned so long, but you're saying we have to be completely free from desires on that big level. So how do we have hope and faith that um, hopefully quickly we can attain that full bliss in Krishna consciousness, be free from all these desires that have been binding us for so long? And what does he say? It's like a web. It's a it's a jala. Didn't he say in the 16th chapter, the network of desires, like a net, like a fish gets caught in a net. We're caught in a network of desires. Um, Could you reiterate his question? Could, yeah. He said, uh, it seems a little daunting. We, there's so many desires. 
It's a little discouraging to think that we have to give up all these desires. Like what you're saying, you have to be completely free of all these material desires to go back to Godhead. So how can we have hope that we can attain that very quickly without being trapped here? Did you hear that? How can we have hope? Um, well, it's not a question of being desireless, but you know, what did Prabhupada say when Niranjana Swami, we were watching a video in the library one time and he narrated this, why, when devotee asked Prabhupada, why is Maya so strong? And he said, because your purpose is weak. So the material, because our desire to serve Krishna um, is weak, therefore these material desires seem so overwhelming. So, um, it's a question of cultivating our desire. And in the Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna said, you know, just think of in the very first, the highest state, just think of me. Uh, you can't do that. Follow the principles of bhakti yoga and that way develop a desire to attain me. So also in that line of thinking to like, you have this two columns. One is wanting to give up something, but then the antidote to that is like going more aggressively towards the goodness, you know, the the antidote working harder in the capacity that you can, and then the desire will necess- will decrease in proportion to your output in the other column. Does that do you follow what I'm saying? Is that do you agree with that? Yeah, and, and Krishna, there's the idea of you take one step towards Krishna, he takes ten to you. My Guru Maharaj said, Krishna does all the heavy lifting. Just like like a little kid is uh, trying to lift something very heavy. And then the father will come behind them and like actually put, and they think they're lifting it. They're like, you know, but the parent is actually doing all the lifting. But the kid's little effort, you know, engenders the affection of the parent. So Krishna is actually doing the heavy work. And Srinvatam Svakata Krishna Punyashavana Kirtana, when we develop a desire to hear about Krishna, Krishna in the heart cleanses desire for material enjoyment. So it's that eagerness to hear, and then the preceding verse, if we're not so eager to hear, uh, I'm sure it's Sutta or Shukadev, he says, Shushu Shoshadananasya Vasudeva Kata Ruchi Syan Mahatseva Vipra Punyatirtasana. By serving great souls who are free from all vice, great service is done. By such service, one gains an affinity for hearing the messages of Vasudev. So it's the hearing, but so it, it, it's just a question of uh, our get, going back to association again. By good association, serving great souls, then we'll develop an eagerness to emulate their character, and they're always absorbed in hearing and chanting about Krishna. And by participating in the whole process of hearing and chanting, the heart becomes cleansed. These desires, which are uh, insurmountable, Krishna says, if you you know the modes of material nature, they're very difficult to overcome. Yes, Prabhu. To continue to the discussion here with uh, Prabhupada, one time said, if somebody does crime and is in prison house. If the state, the head of the state visits the prison house, sometimes he frees some of the captives without any pardon. They call it pardon. Yeah, they pardon sometimes. So if one is seriously engaged in Krishna consciousness, even though he has a lot of desires, he cannot be free from those 
by the mercy of his spiritual master and lord he can be uplifted to yeah you can yeah Prabhupada talk about being prisoners without their real qualifications to be freed there's a devotee I know who's uh, grapples with you know some issues but he has appreciation for the process and for devotees who are following strictly and that will save him because Quincunti said there's I can't remember the verse it's a very nice prayer it it, uh, it describes you know the great devotees they're always absorbed in hearing and chanting and then the last line is something or someone who appreciates that like if you can just appreciate the fact that someone is relishing Krishna consciousness you get the credit the same credit just by appreciating wow. so that I mean that's very encouraging and because that means one is not envious and we can appreciate that there are others who are more advanced than us who are relishing Krishna consciousness if we appreciate them and glorify them then we get the same credit I must have a lot of credit <laughs> I mean that's we're, that's a safe position because envy is the the root of all evil and also all with the appreciation if we support what they are doing somehow or other different way support also can I say one more thing? I sure. know we're kind of talking about Tula, like all of your passion for book distribution and your enthusiasm, by by that, your um, desires will keep decreasing until one day you'll be 30 years old or 35 and you'll wake up and go, wow, I have very few desires other than to increase my book distribution. And that's how that'll work. So you don't need to worry about it. All out of my bag is probably books and nothing. <laughs> there's a there's a description also that transcendental knowledge is like a fire that burns to ashes all oh, and here's a fire we'll end on this one uh, Narada Muni I was just reading this really nice article about uh, Satchinandana Swami on, on Dandavats about chanting and he he gave this we, we read about this pastime when Narada Muni uh, uh, after his mother was bitten by the snake and went on and under, under the direction of the sages that he had served, he went to the forest and he practiced this yogic meditation. And in trance, he saw the Lord within his heart. And then his trance broke. And then he, he didn't see the Lord, but he heard the Lord said, you will, you, you've seen me this once in my life, in your life. You will not see me again in this life. And I've done this just to increase your hankering because the more you hanker for me, that will burn up all the desires in the heart. So Satyananda Swami was talking about Lord Chaitanya when he went to Gaya. Yeah, Gaya, is that where he got initiated? Yes. And then he was so transformed at that point, he wanted to go straight to Vrindavan. You know, where is Krishna? I'm going straight to Vrindavan. But there was a voice, this isn't from the Chaitanya Bhagavad, it says there was a voice in the sky, some demigods said, um, you have a, a mission, it's not time yet for you to go to Vrindavan, you have a mission to establish you know, the Sankirtan movement. 
So, um, so he went back to Navadvip, and that's when they started the nocturnal kirtans, you know, to start the Sankirtan movement. But his whole mood was, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Uh, in separation, and that's the whole... So that, that and he, so Satyananda Swami, he, he brought out that example, that, that, that hankering for Krishna, that's what will burn up, you know, tatra loyam abhimulyam ekalam, that the, the price for Krishna consciousness is that intense desire, intense greed. And uh, um, that, that whole, the whole idea of Lord Chaitanya and, and the six Goswamis is, are teaching the process of devotional service following in the footsteps of the gopis who are in that <clears throat> mood of separation <clears throat> as the highest level of absorption in Krishna. So Satyananda Swami was saying that, you know, we have various experiences, whether it's through reading the Bhagavatam or chanting or whatever the experience that we get some experience of Krishna, but then it recedes and we feel a little bereft and we're like, well, I thought I was really doing good. You know, what happened, you know? So, so it's Krishna receding just to increase our hankering. It's not that we're bereft of Krishna in a sense, but it's Krishna's behaving with us in such a way to increase our desire for him. So. Yes, Prabhu. Yeah, we are not, we are not trying to become desireless. We are becoming a full of desire. We are just switching our desire from one platform to another. And we don't have to work so hard to do that because when we engage, automatically we get higher taste and then lower desire are left behind. Well, we have to be full of desire, not desireless to serve Krishna. Very nice class. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you.